We're on the air. Well, party's starting early today, isn't it? We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Hello, sports fans, and welcome to Live at Five. It's Live at Five, and it's brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtree, FWHlegal.com. And now, your host for Live at Five, Stephen A. Turner. What's up and welcome to Live at Five, brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtry, dedicated to you, committed to justice. That's FWHlegal.com. Stephen A. Turner here on the floor, Concept Studios on a Monday, joined by Coach Vic Evans. What's up, man? And getting ready for some Kentucky Wesleyan basketball. I know it's the fastest 45 minutes in football today, as we'll do another Kentucky Wesleyan uh, preview there in the final segment. It worked out pretty good for us last Monday. It did. Now, we will have time. We'll have a pregame on WBIO where we'll be for the Wesleyan game. But we'll, we'll definitely have to talk a little bit of Wesleyan basketball tonight as they try to go for the, the state title in the state of Kentucky. That's right. I'm trying to keep it just like it was a week ago. You know, <laughs> and, and, and talk Wesleyan in the final segment. But Only bad uh, thing is we won't have Kenny Payne coaching the other team. Oh! oh or Danny Manning <laughs> sitting on the, the, the scorer's table right in front of us. But they'll be down in Diddle Arena tonight. Looking very forward to it as a pregame at 7, I guess, tonight with the tip-off at 7.30. Pregame at 7, tip-off at 7.30. We'll have the James A. Davis Funeral Home pregame show. Coach Cooper will join us a little bit. Should be a fun time. Should be good. Download the Owens World Radio app. You can listen anywhere in the world. Follow along 1027 The Game, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Kicking it. Text line wide open, 270-903-0389. Be sure and subscribe, like, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you consume your podcast. And we got Kentucky Wesleyan coming up at 7, tip off at 7.30. We got UK making their regular season debut on the basketball court right here on 1027. The game coming up tonight against New Mexico State. Looking forward to that one as well. It will. We'll be the pregame show for that. We'll join that one right at tip off 6 p.m. following us today. UK on their new home. 1027 the game. Yeah, I like to hear that. I do too. New home for the Cats. 1027 the game. And looking forward to a big season uh, from the University of Kentucky. We've got uh, obviously the fastest 45 minutes, 50 minutes or so in football. We'll do high school first, college, pro, and, and maybe some stuff in between. There's a lot. It's a busy week. It this is week. a busy week. It I mean, is. Tomorrow night, you got the Tyrone Young Coaches Show, the last one of the season, coming off a big win, which we'll talk about later. You've got uh, Wednesday night, Thunderbolts Live, directly following Live at 5 over in Evansville. First ever Thunderbolts Live for me and you. We're going to become hockey stars. Yeah, I mean, we're expanding that footprint over into, into Evansville. And then, of course, the big uh, weekend coming up with playoff football. You've got Kentucky Wesleyan basketball tipping off the regular season. you got senior day for the Panthers football team on Saturday. I told Amber, I was like, next week won't be as bad as this past week. And then I started going through day by day, and I was like, actually, it's, it's actually worse. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's it is actually worse. worse. It is worse. And don't forget, too, tomorrow, starting at 10 o'clock, You've got the South Wire Media Day, basketball media day. It won't be it'll you won't be able to listen to it on the radio, but you can live stream it on the Third Region Sports Network. And we'll have each district come in. Uh, it starts at 10 a.m. It'll be the 10th district at 10 a.m. I think it's the 11th at 12 or at 11. Then it's the 12th, and then the 9th is the last one from one to two. So you'll be able to stream that on the Third Region Sports Network. Follow along. 1027 The Game, all social media outlets will have you covered as uh, we're, we're starting to get that. It's a serious overlap now. Yes. Between football, serious overlap in the basketball, sprinkle in a little bit of hockey, and we're just ready to roll here. I, 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 I need to educate myself a little bit on hockey, but I feel like, uh, you know, looking at things from behind the scenes, keeping up with the Thunderbolts over the weekend, 
I feel like I'm I'm pretty prepared. I'm ready. I'm ready for the big week. Hey, it was one and one this weekend. They went in a shootout. They lose in overtime on Saturday. It's it's great. I was over there. Friday Saturday. night was exciting. I mean, you talk about a last minute goal that takes it into overtime, and they go and they win it in penalty shots. And uh, yeah, Saturday did not go our way, but well, they still were a great behind, environment. But they came back and, and and sent it into overtime, and then got beat into overtime. So yeah, the Thunderbolt. I mean, it's crazy. There's so much stuff to talk about here, but we're gonna put that to bed, and we're gonna go into playoff football. Go right. We got plenty of great ones to discuss, and I want to kick it off right off the top with the Davis County Panthers, the game that me and Chris were at on Friday night as the Panthers get a 24-21 win over North Harden. Hat tip to Ryder Cunningham. I think it's his first ever touchdown as he gets a big pick six, 35 yards out, and score. I thought that sealed the game uh, for uh, Davis County there. Luke Floyd, tremendous at quarterback again, 149 yards passing, and a touchdown to Crow, who was great all night long, whether it be in the receiving game. He had a couple interceptions as well. He's really taken his game to another level uh, in the second half of the season. I thought Jace Hunt was tremendous on the offensive side, Maisie flying around all night long on defense. You had uh, 59 yards on the ground from Floyd. He had a big 26-yard run that set him up first and goal on the one. They had to score twice. I mean, I don't really know what that one was all about. There was a couple things in the game that made me scratch my head. If you listen, I'm sure you could hear the frustration. But, nevertheless, third time was a charm. They got the, st- the second touchdown on the same drive. They only counted one for Jackson Lee. And then later in the game, I thought the final score should be 24 24- 14, North Harden catches a touchdown late. Thought maybe he was well out of bounds when he made the catch, but the touchdown stood. Davis County was able to hang on 24-21. And uh, Matt Brandon Field out there was rocking on Friday night. Well, yeah, I said, you, you, you know, don't have to build a statue. We'll just from now on call it Coach Brandon Field at Reed Stadium. What a great win. What a great second half of the season. It would have been really easy for these Panthers with the start they got off to, as bad as their offense was, and I don't remember you talking about I was talking to you off the air after you calling one of those early games, and you're like, I've seen middle school offenses look better than that. Like, we don't even line up correctly, but where they started and where they are right now, hats off to those players for to keep grinding, keep the getting better, getting better, the coaching staff, and here you are. And don't be surprised if I don't pick Davis County in upset in round two, Steve. That's how well they're playing. No reason to stop now. No. I mean, they're going down to Central Harden, very familiar playoff opponent for the Panthers, and really looking forward to it. We want to give a shout-out, too, to Hagedorn at corner. He was over top of Boykins most of the night. I know Boykins finished with 150 yards. I mean, that, But if you look back, he was targeted 15 times. Right. Davis County did a, especially Hagedorn, tremendous job. The defensive backfield – for the Panthers all night long was just great. And I thought all night they answered the bell. They may have missed one or two tackles all night. But you're talking about a very slippery receiving core, a very high level, two Division One level receivers out there. And the Panthers blanket them. And it was an absolute winning effort from the Davis County defense. Well, that's one thing I noticed listening to you and the professor on my way home from my game was how well Davis County was tackling in the open field. And, wasn't just and, one guy. Right. Wasn't just no, two guys. Talk about the it whole was Panthers. three and four right. guys. I mean, that, they were rallying to the football, and that that they had to do that because you talk about how good that receiving core is on yards after the catch. I know the professor made it a couple times where he's like, "I wish I'd have been keeping this stat because it's a very low number of yak yards." And that's how you win. And that's how Boykins makes his living. Oh, yeah. I feel like very rarely he's going to take – I mean, he, he can take the top off. He's that talented 
to take the top off, but you're going to see him catch a lot of 11-yard curls, turn it upfield, and gone. And that just didn't happen on, on Friday night. Right. And I've got a question for you because this happened in my game a few times. When did the officials stop pointing the other way when you get a turnover and a fumble? Man, I don't want to go. I don't want to go in on the officials because I love the officials. I do too. But and I love and, I, and, I, and we need more of them. And Chris was laughing at me because he's like, "Man, you're bipolar. One minute you're saying that, and the next minute you're you're you know you're throwing them under the bus." But it was rough. Well, listen, Friday night. I don't know. I don't know when it, it became okay to decline a defensive penalty, and they, the offense still gets penalized and has to run another play. It happened not once but twice. Well, here's the thing, and, and I'm not trying to jump on officials. They're doing the best they can. But but you know, in the Owensboro game, twice on kickoffs, there were fumbles on the far side of the field. There was nobody from Owensboro like jumped up and down. They just got up and ran to the other side. Ohio County ran to the other side. The officials spotted the ball. And Oldsboro's offense came out, and I'm like, what happened? I know. I mean, at least like somebody either point one way, let me know that there's been a turnover. I was very Just frustrated. I was very frustrated because I couldn't convey what was happening on the field to the listeners. I thought that's my job. Yeah. And I was, I feel like I was at every turn having to wait and wait and wait to find out what was actually happening. And I'm sure I sound like an idiot, which I mean. You we're know, used to it, that. It is what it is. Yeah, that, that, that that comes with it every week. But I feel like it happened so many times. By the end of the game, I was so drained. I took that into Saturday, and I, I just wasn't in a very good mood on Saturday either, because it just it just it was a really strange game. I mean, the, the chain gang a couple times they wouldn't even signal first down. Like the chain gang was kind of in between and having to figure out whether they would move. There was just so many things in the game that I was like, I don't know what's happening right, right. i can't explain and this to the fans that's kind of how we, i don't know that's how dan and i felt like a couple times where you would get like a scrum on the far side of the field over you know you know we're even at even at rash you're closer at rash than you are anywhere but it's still the far side right of the field, but there's right? like a scrum on the far side of the field and you're like they're pushed out of bounds and you're like okay it's ohio county's ball on the 14 and then the first time i noticed like nobody did anything on the field nobody reacted the officials didn't signal and then i was like they got the chains backwards. Like, it was going the other way. Oh, yeah. And then I look out, and DeLacy's on the field, and I was like, I guess there was a fumble. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, and so, I mean, in fairness to us, we can only do so much. I mean, I guess a couple times to try – because if people aren't there, I've always learned in radio, you can kind of make it up as you go because the listeners aren't there, right? But Through their eyes. But – when you make it up as you go and you're wrong, then you really sound, then you double down on being an idiot. And I did that multiple times. So late in the game, there was just a lot of dead air because I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. God bless the officials. Make no mistake. they have I, I have rough nights all the time. I have rough days here on Live at Five all the time. Not trying to pile on them, but it was certainly rough yeah. on Friday night. No, it wasn't as bad as it was at Ashland. No, when they get a tackle at the five yards yeah. When they get a tackle at the five yard line and the guy spots it. And then when they talk about the penalties, somehow it turned into a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I don't know, man. It, it is what it is. It's playoff time. Hopefully that remedies itself as we start to get in to the second and third rounds. I know Owensboro rolled on Friday night in the game. You did. Evan Hampton, three touchdowns. Crow scored a couple. You had Maddox, Bryant, Winstead, and Burke all getting into the end zone. And the Devils did what they were supposed yeah, to it do. Yeah, it was a game that the Devils went out, took care of business really quickly. It was nice to see you know the young man Xavier Maddox come out, catch a touchdown pass, have a pick, have a long return. He gives them another weapon 
Uh, especially he's, he's on the, yeah, I mean, especially him on, since ODC as well. I mean, especially on the outside gives him another great weapon. But I mean, that was it was what you would you were you were if you're an Orangeville fan, you wanted a running clock early, get out of there, nobody get hurt, get off the field, get ready for South Warren, and that's what happened. Yeah, and, and you know we kind of put South Warren on a mild upset alert, and the Spartans said, "Don't worry about us, we're going to go down here and handle business." Fifty to twelve, the Spartans roll Madisonville. I'm, I'm not surprised that the Spartans scored fifty because that Madisonville defense has had trouble all year long against good teams. I'm a little surprised at one time it was like twenty eight nothing and Madisonville's offense wasn't doing much. Yeah, I mean it was it was handled it was out of hand. It was a forty something to one score, I think forty something to six or eight or so. I mean South Warren left no doubt yep. and they went down there and handled business and that will be the Red Devils opponent, which we'll break it down later this week. Plenty of other stuff. To cover last game here in uh, segment one will be Owensboro Catholic uh, knocking off Caldwell, doing much like what Owensboro did, handling business early. Running clock in the first half, you had Atwell throwing six touchdowns, two to Tuck Carico, Ebel Harris Sims, Harville Reinerson, all recipients. Stephen A. The, Turner, the, the professor, He's still just throwing whoever. touchdowns <laughs> out there. Burns and Blair also got in the end zone on the ground. Nick Sims uh, interception and no host Crittenden County, who we expected. But it was a close one, 24-20 game over Todd. Crittenden will come in as a, a heavy underdog. The Aces beat them 62-12. to Throw that out the window if you're no, the Aces. No, but the Aces are still a 35-point. They're a 35-point uh, favorite. And I think that, yeah, I think that's going to be the case for a while. For Catholic, hat tip to them, handling their business uh, this week. But, man, the city schools, three of the four moving on. And Davis County has a chance this week against Central Harden. To just blow me away. I mean, I mean, they have a chance to put the cherry on top of the surprise Sunday and win two playoff games. That would be almost unheard of. Correct. For oh, me. There is no doubt. You're talking about a team with what one in five at the start. Yeah. You know, whatever, and, and playing great football right now. Oh, and five. I yeah. Mean, if you, oh, yeah. If you don't count the North Harden forfeit. Yeah. Oh, and five. Yeah. And looking, not looking great doing it. Right. And well, the defense played well, but the offense was literally averaging like a hundred yards a game and yeah. couldn't score. And, well, they the, for the longest time, the only score they had like in their first three games was a defensive touchdown. Yeah. It, it and, was a rough start. Luke Floyd stabilized the quarterback spot. You now. I've got a weapon in Crow going back to his natural spot, and uh, I tell you they're t- they're taking off, and that coaching staff has done a tremendous job. When we come back, we'll talk about Texas Roadhouse picking. We've got a champion to crown, also some some seasons coming to an end, and uh, some seasons continuing on, including the Grayson County Cougars. We'll talk about it next, live at five one zero two seven. The game. Local sports at its finest, live at 5 with Stephen A. Turner and Vic Evans on 102.7 The Game. Live at 5 brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtry, FWHlegal.com. Stephen A. Turner, Vic Evans here in the Floor Concept Studios. And we got a champion to crown in the Texas Roadhouse Pick'em. And went right down to the final extended week. I know I took some heat, but it was a tie. So he might as well have had the extended week to settle it. And back to back, Scott Hart is the champ. He, Scott does a great job of keeping me posted on everything going on in Grayson County. I know Sam Gormley and K105 do as well, but Scott lets me know everything going on. makes it very easy to cover the Cougars, so I'm happy for him. And he knows his high school sports, man. And he had to to meddle through some college losses. I know he he had some tough times in college, but – Gets that uh, win over Derek Air and Zuber, who both had great years picking as well. Yeah, you know, he started him and Zuber started tied. He goes 15-1 and one on the week. Zuber missed it. Came down, it came down to the UK-Mississippi State game and Washington-USC. Zuber went the other way, and that allowed Air to slide in there, who also went 15-1. and one. 
and ended up one game back, and then Zuber with two games back. Yeah. So I mean, in the end, great year on the Texas Roadhouse Pick'em. Big thanks to everybody that uh, that participated. Now Scott gets his pick of Louisville game, and though he said he had a great time going up last year, so. Once we get our games settled on the on the tickets we're going to get. They came in today. Oh, they did? I do have them. Yeah, so oh. I'll get you the list of that we can get to Scott right, and let well, him let pick. Scott know. Okay, perfect, perfect. And uh, here's the thing. No, I, think, I think there'll be some tickets available in the Yum Center. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Take your shots when you can. But, uh, hey, Todd uh, keeps the three-game lead over Caleb in the expert picks. We'll continue to make – our picks throughout the, the rest of the football season, but Todd's in the driver's seat right now. He Don't is. look to be relinquishing that anytime soon. How about a 143-35 and 35 record That's not for bad. the master of the third region, Todd Count? That is not bad at all. Not bad. And the hat tip there, I'm, I'm fledgling right in the middle of the pack. But Travis Holtry, I undefeated. believe, went 16-0. and 0. This week, the first undefeated week we've had, that's almost unheard of to Unde- be this late. It's not only between us. It's the first undefeated pick from all the from people anybody. that picked. Yeah. Period. So, better watch out for QB1. He may come slide in there in the end. That tells you how hard it's been to pick this year. It's I been mean, different. That's the first undefeated week, week one of the playoffs. And, uh, man, hats off to the uh, to QB1, Travis Holtry. On the undefeated week, as we'll move it into the 97X game, and this is a roller coaster. It I mean, was. we're following this from a distance over at Reed on the Friday night. Me and the professor and uh, McLean had a great first half. They went in up ten. I thought, man, they're about to shock the entire state. And then Glasgow responds with 32 unanswered points to end the McLean County season. It's a shame. I thought they played well enough to win. They had that home field advantage rocking at halftime. But you got to give the Scotties a lot of credit. For buckling down in a, in a rough environment. Oh yeah, and finding a way to get the victory. Yeah, and talking to Jalen, you know, it's never one play, but you know, the the big play was the the first drive of the second half, starting off the Scotties down ten, driving. They throw a little pass that Klein jumps the route, and literally almost got the pick, and it would be a pick six. There's you know, it's out in the flats. There's nobody there. He misses it. The Scotties catch it, and they take it for a touchdown, which makes it a three point game. Could have been a 17-point game. And you know that place would explode if you come out of half and get that interception. And it just didn't happen. Yeah, little things like that, you know, that can change the course of momentum for an entire ball game. But, man, what a, what a great career uh, Klein has had there. I mean, a tremendous night. He ran for 123, three touchdowns. QB one for the last handful of seasons. And I know he'll go on to have a, a great basketball season as well, but it's been a lot of fun covering him. And then Elijah Baldwin, 114 yards, four touchdowns on the ground. He's he's going to be an all-area linebacker for, for all-area team. I mean, this kid's tremendous. And it's just been a pleasure to watch all the Baldwins. I feel like I've got to cover them all. Yes. And then, you know, the family's bringing food all the time. I mean, they've taken such good care of us. The Baldwins as a whole – have been an absolute pleasure to get the cover. They are what high school football is all about. They are. They and, really and, are. You know, I, I, I guess I'll know. I think it was Noah made the, the post on Facebook about you know the the run coming. It was a great, well worded post, and uh, just it, you know it, you hate that. That's it's the bittersweet part of it. You get to know these folks, and then they then they move on. And you have lifelong friends, but but it still stinks to not have a ball one to cover next year. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, you, know, you have to get another one out there. I don't I know where say, it's at. Wagner. I think, think Jalen's cousin or something. You know, it's going to be about 13, 14 years, but we'll have one eventually. Yeah, yeah. Wagner should have had. You know, they should. You know, can you just like start like an adoption home out there no or doubt. something? <laughs> just name them all ball is what you need. And it stinks for the Cougars. They're one of my favorite uh, fan bases. But what to a get year! Eight and three. Yeah, what a great year. year! I mean, great what year. an absolute great year! Just ran into a hot team.
And another team that moved up into 3A, the Hancock County Hornets fall 35-8 to a top 10 Franklin Simpson team. Dylan Morris got the touchdown early to cut the lead. I believe it was 14-0. They score, make it 14-8. And then it was all Franklin Simpson from there. But a, a good year for the Hornets as well. What a great bounce back year after not making the playoffs last year, taking this young team to the playoffs. And this was just a game that turnovers was a big thing. If you looked at it early, you look at the total yards, it's pretty even. But Hancock with like three or four big turnovers, and, and you can't do that in playoff football and win. Yeah, and being able to punch the ball in, you know, you, you can rack up your North Harden. I know racked up a bunch too, but if you can't punch it in, doesn't it's count. All, it's all for naught, yeah. especially when it comes to, to playoff action. Tell my Cowboys that. <laughs> right, oh man, yard, yard <laughs> day late and a dollar short and a yard short, right yeah. for the Cowboys, and we'll talk about them in a bit. But, but I mean, another thing I wanted to discuss. We won't it won't be today, but maybe tomorrow when we run through all of our Player of the Years and such. The move to 3A, positive or negative, that's something I want to hold for for tomorrow's show. I want to focus more on the season today for McLean and Hancock, who, who who had great years, I feel like, moving up into 3A. Just did not end the way they, they wanted. Apollo season comes to an end on the road at Bowling Green. I know Breck falls on the road big to Paducah Tillman, one of the best teams in 3A or 4A there. And then Meade, of course, Trinity comes up short there and you know, just bad matchups all the way around all the there. way around yeah all the way around and uh, a team that set themselves up pretty well in the regular season was the henderson county colonels they get a 47-0 win over warren central i noticed burris did play a little maybe trying to wean him back in a little bit but thompson threw two more touchdowns Pendergraft and meadows came up big eli green steps in for burris at the running back spot goes for over 140 in a touchdown and they get the host McCracken County, who upset Barron County this week. And it'll be another rematch. Henderson just beat them pretty soundly yeah, about Henderson a month ago. Yeah, Henderson goes in as a big favorite to win that one and, and, and get to the regional title. Yeah, and uh, so we'll see what the Colonels can do. I don't see if they can get a little bit more healthy. One thing I'm noticing as I'm going through here, my fantasy team showed up this week. I mean, I know they, <laughs> I know we had a rough week last week. week late. But if we'd have played, if me and Jalen had played this week, I mean, I know Atwell threw for six. I think my, I think I got him this week. You probably I mean, Baldwin have. had a four touchdown game. Hampton had Hampton three. Hampton had three. Jaron Van Meter, who had two in the 30 51 to zero shellacking of Iroquois that Grayson put on down there. I know Hanshaw scored two. Stephen Lee scored a touchdown, but it'd have been close, you know, because he Ryerson got one. He he's it'd got he's got Bolden. Did Bolden have any for McClellan? I don't think so. I don't think so. It'd yeah. been interesting. Yeah, it would have been, been close. Glacey had a, I think he had a, a through a couple, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been an interesting game. But that's all right. I'm still proud of my guys. They all had great uh, seasons, and and Van Meter had a great game, and Grayson County put that game away early. Yep. And they will move on now as they will host Fairdale next week. That's an interesting matchup. Ten and one Grayson County Cougars taking on the six and five Fairdale team coming in off of they blew their opponent out North Bullets. So it's going to be an interesting second round matchup. But it's going to be a lot of fun in Litchfield again this week. Oh, you know they had a huge crowd down there. They were lined up, getting ready. It's going to be a party atmosphere again in, in Litchfield. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. So I mean, you're looking at the teams that are still standing. We don't have very many left. But we're down, I believe, down to four, right? Or five. Do you count Henderson? Yep. Five teams remain that will play in the week two of the KHSA playoffs. And uh, we'll see. I, I, you know, Davis County's got a shot. I think you've got, I think of those, you've got like Grayson would be the favorite, but I think that's going to be a toss up. Henderson's a heavy favorite. Heavy favorite. Catholic is a heavy favorite. Right. 
in Davis County and Oldsboro are probably underdogs. Underdogs, but they have, but they both they have, have shots. Chance. Yeah, they both have punch of shots. Be interesting to see if we can take five in the round three because yeah. it's possible. It's that, possible that we could absolutely do it. And then it gets a little bit more hairy, but we'll worry about that when we get there. It's been a real fun season of high school football, and uh, you know we'll, we'll look at the the playoffs and see how many we've got left. This time next week on the fastest hour in football. We had a crazy Saturday as well. It didn't stop with Friday. Saturday, the Kentucky Wesleyan Panthers went ham at the yes. end of the game. We'll talk about that when we come back live at 5, 1027 the game. And now more live at 5 with Stephen A. Turner and Vic Evans on 102.7 the game. Live at 5, brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtry, FWHlegal.com. Stephen A. Turner, Vic Evans here, recapping the football weekend that was, and we'll move it now from uh, high school football playoffs on Friday night into college football Saturday. And got to start with the Kentucky Wesleyan Panthers because this was a roller coaster of a game. I was following it from a distance, especially early. I watched the beginning of the game, and I thought, man, the Panthers are going to roll. They, they jump out 14-0. This is not a very good Lake Erie team. On the road, Preston Self, two touchdowns back-to-back. It's 14 nothing Panthers. Everything's going our way. And then adversity hits. And Lake Erie decides to wake up and get themselves back into a football game. I thought they, they had a really big third quarter. I did Lake Erie. Yeah, you're up 20-12 to 12 at the half. Yeah, I mean, everything's looking good. Yeah. Everything's going your way. And then that second half, adversity hits. And it's like, oh, man. Lake Erie came out of the locker room with, with some purpose. They take a you know a seventeen point lead was it was six 30, minutes to go. You're up thirty seven twenty. You have outscored them. Was that twenty five to nothing with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter? You have to if you're Westland. I feel like you have to look yourself in the mirror at this point because this is a team you should beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're t- we could talk about we're, we're building this thing. Everything's moving in the right direction. Blah blah blah. At the end of the day, this is a game you need to win. If your program's moving in the direction that we say it is, this is a, this is a game you got to find a way to win. I think I think the Panthers came to the sidelines at that point, looked themselves in the mirror, and Aaron Beatty put together a tremendous drive at that point. Well, you get the big safety. Yeah, you big yeah. safety. Def- defense, after getting punched in the mouth in the third quarter, responded really well from that point forward. Mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of put their foot in the ground and said no more at this point. Get the big safety, and then Aaron Beatty puts together a big touchdown drive with a two-point conversion to Deonco Wilkerson, who was huge in the second half, was Deonco Wilkerson. But it cuts it to 37-30. There's still only four minutes to go. Yep. You have a scuffle. Aaron Beatty gets tossed. He gets thrown out. I yeah. mean, what happened there? I missed that. I See, missed the scuffle too. I was I away from the scuffle. I, I came. I came back because you know they 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 got the stop, and then I came back, and the new quarterback's coming in. I'm like, oh crap, we got a shot. It was just a minute to go. We got eighty yard, eighty eight yards to go, but there's no Aaron Beatty. Yeah, the defense does their job. They get the football back, uh, kind of similar to what we saw the, a week ago. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we thought, okay, well, here comes Joey Cameron. Joey football. Joey football in with the, you know a little under two minutes left to play. Puts together a seven-play, 88-yard drive to tie the football game. And, and that's electric. It I mean, is electric. It, it, just tremendous well, effort first of all, from Joey football. When you're a team that has walked, they come into this game where they lost, what, five straight? Five straight games. You've lost five straight games. You've gotten completely destroyed in the second half. You turned a 2012 lead into a 37 20 deficit with five minutes, six minutes to go. I think it was like 559. It'd been really easy to quit right there. Easy. Yeah. 
You know, and then and kind I of thought it was tight. over. I to be honest, no. I, I was like, "Oh, this is." This I was is, very disappointed. This was, is not the season. We this is not how we wanted to end the season. This team's better than this. You know, I just didn't like the the the, the energy coming out of the locker room in the third quarter. I'm already thinking of things we're going to do to make the coaches show entertaining on Tuesday because this is a tough one to explain. And then the team just did a complete 180. They did, and, and, and played to the level that they're capable of playing at. In the second half, and and, and you got to love it for the hometown guy Joey Cameron. Yeah, I mean, you got to. I mean, it's the guy. You know, he goes off to Murray, comes back to Westland. You know, had to get some academic stuff straightened out last year. You know, and I can understand being the backup there and Beanie, but you know, this this puts a this puts your name you know next year on the on the depth chart as being the guy, right? You yeah. know, and the thing about it, he's going to have like three years eligibility left too, I believe. So we'll see. I mean, I, I know they've also got Hooper, who's a nice quarterback too. And it'll be a great competition, but you got to be really happy for Joey Football leading an eighty-eight yard drive to tie the score coming off the bench. Well, it's, it's not about just tying it, right? I mean, we tied it. All mm-hmm. right, we're going into overtime. We still you, have to figure out what's going on. Can I ask still you? Still got to get a win. Yeah. Does Lake Erie make like the dumbest decision ever of going and taking the football after winning the toss? Yeah, I mean, what's, because in overtime you want to know what you have, what to, you do. have to do. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't understand them taking the football. That was weird. I, I don't know that I've ever seen that. Like, I, I've go, never but, seen it. Like when the Lions declined the football on Thanksgiving that one time, yeah. and they went the other team goes down and scores and beats them. Yeah, like, I, it's I, a strange decision. I've never seen somebody win the toss in overtime and elect to play offense. That's a first for me. And Westland gets three and out, and then they miss the field goal. And then Westland does what they're supposed to do, take care of business. Yeah, they didn't leave it no. up to the special teams. They no. go and put the exclamation mark on and get the win on an eight-yard walk-off by Deonco Wilkerson, who who was the man in the second half. I mean, he he every big play that that, that, that resulted in points, Deonco Wilkerson had a hand in it. Uh, Aaron Beatty had a, had, a, had a good game, but he, he turned the ball over a little bit too. He threw for 233 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Kaya Sherrard, who I thought was tremendous, had 135 yards self with the two touchdowns. But overall, it's a t- total team win, mm-hmm. and uh, it was good to see the Panthers get one like that. Now I'll be curious to see what happens on Senior Day. Got some momentum coming into Senior Day and try to end this thing with five wins. Yeah, and you can jump up to five wins. You know, it's been a while since Wesleyan's won five football games. This thing is going in the right direction. And I know Coach Young has talked about, you know, the, the the steps of a program is where you you lose big, you lose close, you win some close games, then you've got to learn how to win big and, and how to, you know, and they're in that middle process of losing close games and winning close games. Because a lot of their losses, you know, we've we've been calling they've had the football with the chance to tie or take the lead late in games. And it was fun, it was good to see them. Finally, Find cash cash one in. Yeah, and, and, and on the road. Yeah. That. It's one thing to do it at home. that They've cashed in a couple late wins at home this year, but to get that late, late win on the road in a game you should have won, they go out there and they handle the business after it didn't go their way too much in the second half. I think it's a good step for the program. And on Twitter today, I'm, I'm seeing offers out there for some dudes. I mean, Ben Davis mm-hmm. uh, in, in Indianapolis. I mean, you look what at, they've done recruiting, they're recruiting some of the guys, a higher yeah. level player than they ever recruited there before. And you can see that with getting like the Hobbs twins. You know, you got one playing defense, one playing offense, you know, Purdy. You can see some of the recruits they brought in last year. You know, the guys from Tennessee. This is a higher-level recruit. You've already got a couple commitments from defensive linemen from the Evansville area that put up big numbers. The quarterback from Alabama. 
it's they're doing this the right way. Oh yeah, and I think this class is going to be incredible as well. You start to see some of these dudes that they've offered, and I mean some nationally, you know, some national recruiting services starting to retweet some of these guys that Wesleyan is offering. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are some big level recruits. So you know, it doesn't just end the season; it will end on the field. But the season is picking up on the recruiting trail. The most trail. important season is yeah. the recruiting trail. And, and, and you're going to see this, Steve, in the future because the transfer portal has changed recruiting where teams that like like your Westerns and your Easterns, your mid-major D1 programs, where they used to sign 25 high school kids every year, now they sign maybe half of that. Right. Because the other half is all transfer portal kids. So that's a level of kid now that's not being recruited by D1s that used to be that your D2s are starting to recruit, and it's changed the entire recruiting landscape. It has, and, and, and Westland's benefiting, I, you know, I think. And with the guys they got, Mel Mills and then Coach Young and just that whole staff over there, I feel like a lot of positive recruiting energy, and they're going to be some slam dunks, I think, uh, coming up as we start to head towards senior day, or, mm-hmm. or towards signing day, which will come after senior day. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. I know right here on 102.7 The Game, yeah, you got to hear UK they take dominated. On Mississippi State. They dominated the football game. That's what they should have done. Yes, Mississippi State without a quarterback, without their their, their lead running back, the defense showed up and played well, and the the, the, the offense did enough to win the football. Yeah, game. it was a game you needed and a, a nice bounce back win. The Sioux finally get that Monk Evans back and getting his first win down there in Starkville. Hadn't won a game down there since Rich Brooks. Yeah, it's, so, that's crazy. So it's, it's a nice win, and, and now you get ready for Alabama this weekend. But you're bowl eligible. You just what you eligible. wanted, yes. Vic. You get this awesome bowl game for the Cats. And, and more than anything, it's more – I think it's – It's not the bowl forget game. Forget the bowl game. It's, it's the just, 15 practices you get right. extra when you go because that sets you up for spring practice next year with a lot of young guys. And that's what they use those bowl practices for. Guys that are red-shirted, guys that you think are going to be your starters or your big-time players are going to take over from guys that graduate. That is the most important thing about being bowl eligible, not going to the bowl game, which is nice, but it's those 15 extra practices you get at the end of the year. That's what's important. Yeah, and, and not making it would have been devastating yes. for, for the Kentucky program who kind of like KWC, we feel like it's heading in the right direction. Maybe they've plateaued, but you definitely would have taken a step back had you not been bowl eligible, and this kind of takes some pressure off and for the final few games for the Cats. And uh, you know we we're talking about Louisville. This is one of those uh, weird games. We nah. got the text on the on the kicking it text line saying, "Don't worry, Steve, cards are going to roll," and they did. They Thirty four to three defense dominating right now. They for, are for, for Coach Brom and the Cards. Yeah, and Thursday night you got Virginia coming in a game that you should win, and it really looks like the Cards should be down there in Charlotte playing for an ACC title. And I know it's a long shot, but if you if the Cards are able to win out and you're able to upset Florida State. You get a few upsets here and there, and funky things happen. I mean, could the Cardinals be playoff bound? I mean, it's There's not a possibility. Completely out of the question. No. But you lost the pit. You did, and I think maybe a two win high level team probably comes in ahead of the car. It, it's oh, yeah. a, it's a strong uphill. But, but you'd have the to fact have that you're help. even in the conversation tells you the job that Brahms done. They're going to be in the top ten when the new CFP playoff rankings come out. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But that lost the pit. I mean, if you're if you if you're greedy like me, that lost the pitch really sticking in your yeah, crawl. Yeah, because I think you can be get very like easily a, undefeated. Yeah, and you're going to get like maybe a two loss, you know, like a you know a, maybe a two loss or like you know even like 
A two-loss Alabama team, certainly. Yeah, or, 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 or like even if you get the right upset, like, even if Oregon comes back and beats Washington in the Big Twelve or the Pac-12 title game, you would take both of those teams before you take Louisville. Right, yeah. absolutely. So, but, I mean, you're in the conversation. That's all you which want. Which is a huge step forward from where this program was under Satterfield. Uh, I can exactly tell you that right. much. Cardinals fans. Just see where Cincinnati is under Satterfield. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what that. Louisville Cincinnati. just needs to send Cincinnati a big check and say yeah. thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. At least a gift basket or something. But uh, got to watch a little bit of Gavin on Saturday morning. They he played pretty well. He competed against Ohio State. The Buckeyes push away there at the end, but I thought Gavin had a pretty good game there. You know, Washington – in a shootout, like we said, it was going to be fifty-two forty-two. Yeah, you notice that the the defensive coordinator for USC, who was number three on the hot list, fired. Yeah, somebody's got to fall on the sword there. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about a USC team that had national championship aspirations to start three the year. losses now, no yeah. longer in the top twenty-five. Does Caleb Williams play again? I don't know. He was pretty. He was emotionally upset. People are piling on that kid for being upset. He, I think it's a bad look for people piling on him. He's he he's pouring everything he's got into it. Obviously, he's emotionally upset at the end of a tough loss. Leave the kid alone. Yeah, I, I did, that didn't uh, bother me at all. People are like, oh, this guy can't be your number one pick now. He's look how no. look how big of a baby he is. He may have known he's that a was competitor. His, hold on, he was, they're sitting there with three losses. He pretty well knows that that was probably his senior night. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I, yeah, not, he may not play again now. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he's going to move on into the NFL whether he plays again or not. He'll play at a high level at some point. We we told you the Brian Kelly situation. They were competitive. Mate, got you excited in the first half, and then Brian Kelly does Brian Kelly things, kind of no like Notre Dame. Second half, kind of like Notre Dame does Notre Dame things. Yeah, and that, it rolls right into Notre Dame. A horrible effort at, at, at Clemson. Just an absolute horrible. You're talking about a program that was ready to just go underground for the yep. year with Dabo and all the crap they went through the week, and now you just breathe life into the program because you didn't even show up. And that's a Marcus Freeman situation, right? I, period. He, he, that's that's unexcusable. At the end of the day, I'm not. I just I, every time I want to buy into the Freeman program, this happens. And, and, and they should have won. They were yeah. more talented. They, two things. I love what Freeman and the coaching staff has done on the recruiting trail. I think Freeman is is as now whether or not he can or not. I think next year's monster for Freeman. The seat's getting warm. That you know this was an effort where you should have showed up and won the football game. The effort was bad. Also, two. I think when. In this aspect of what I'm upset, is I want to see Notre Dame. You got a new day AD coming in. You settled at the offensive coordinator spot, and it was has not been a well run offensive machine. No, I all mean, year that, long. While you went away from the run game early, it was working. You know? Yeah, and and so you know you wouldn't pay the money to go get Ludwig out of Utah, who Freeman wanted. And you wouldn't pay that money, even though then Notre Dame because oh it had nothing to do with the money. No, you wouldn't pay the buyout, and so he stayed. And then you had there was another buy you wouldn't play and and, and no offense you get third choice no, it was a fourth choice <laughs> and the guy's a great tight end coach he's not an offensive coordinator if Notre Dame wants to say what they want if they want to compete for national titles like they say they want to you don't let one point one million or a four million dollar buyout keep you from going to get the guys that your head coach wants. Because I guarantee you, if Nick Saban or LSU or Auburn yeah, or Michigan a, or Ohio no, State, if they want, hold on, but if they want the, they want their coaching staff, they go pay the money to get their coaching. I don't staff. disagree, but this team just looked ill prepared. No, they, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, that can't happen. I mean, you're more. It's one thing back 
five years ago when Clemson was easily more talented, more way more five stars on the. That's not the case anymore. No, the what, Notre Dame was more talented, and they, I know it was on the road, but they looked like they were ill prepared. That's the, Notre Dame football, right? And the one spot I will get, I will take up for Freeman in this is I think you saw it really rear its head the other day. The one place Notre Dame is lacking, and where the cover by Brian Kelly was left completely bare is at the wide receiver spot. Now, yeah. they brought in four freshmen last year that can play, and they got four freshmen committed next year, but they don't have the depth of the, and the playmakers at the wide receiver spot yet that other schools do. No, it showed, but uh, that'll wrap up Saturday. I mean, it was, I'll take the Kentucky Wesleyan win. I'll take the, the U.K. win, getting bowl eligible. And all, all was, it, was a, it was a good Saturday. It was. I'm going to talk about Sunday next and get you set for Kentucky Wesleyan at Western Kentucky tonight on WBO 730. Be right back live at 5, 1027 The Game. Local sports at its finest, live at 5, with Stephen A. Turner and Vic Evans on 102.7 The Game. Live at 5, brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtry, FWHlegal.com. Don't forget, tomorrow, media day right here, Cromwell Media. You can follow along, Third Region Sports Network, brought to you by Southwire. We'll get you set for Third Region Basketball. Right around the corner. I uh, also want to give a shout-out to the Fairground Speedway. They had me down yesterday for the All-American 400. I grew up going to that race from 87 to 97. I spent the, uh, 10 years going to it. A very prestigious short track race. DW was the Grand Marshal yesterday. Got the rub shoulders with old DW. 16-year-old William Sawich takes home the uh, All-American 400. Youngest winner of all time. But Nashville. <laughs> ASA. When, when there's... When there's Oil and water all over the track. Let's throw the caution, all right? Because it was setting up for a five or six car shootout in the final eighty laps, and instead you had a guy that you get rear-ended another guy. There's 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 water or liquid all over the track. The leaders come through. There's no caution. And the whole front of the field gets taken out. Yeah, ruined the end of the race. You show for me, me the man. replay of that. It was it was like the Keystone Cops. It was like, like Benny they Hill. Had, they had I no mean, shade. They just one after another right into the wall. I mean, it, it, the leaders are going in. It almost cost Nassie the the uh, the ASA championship. I know it came down to two cars, and you had these two cars that were running for a championship. One of them didn't have a front end. He had some trouble early in the race. And then you had Tom Majeski who wrecked in that. And so both cars are out there just with duct tape holding them together, <laughs> trying to finish. I'm glad that the accident didn't cost Majeski the championship, but it was a good time down there at the fairgrounds yesterday. As I was watching on my phone, Josh Dobbs cooking for the yes. uh, the rocket scientist coming in with no practice. He literally, I think they ran like eight plays. He knew like eight plays in the playbook. Just turn him loose. Turn him loose. Addison, yeah, it came up big with a big catch late, and then Dobbs did the huge the rest. fourth down run by Dobbs. It's like fourth and eleven or whatever, oh. and he's going to be sacked. Sack, and he gets breaks out two of tackles. It. I mean, unreal. We can't we can't beat. Baker Mayfield and the terrible Buccaneers at home whenever I'm there. We can put Josh Dobbs in on the road in Atlanta, and Arthur Smith's got to go. I mean, I watched that game yesterday a little bit here and there. Awful. Yeah, I I was a big Arthur Smith fan when they hired him. I thought it was a great move getting him out of Nashville and the Titans. Why are they not using Robinson? I don't know, but you got to fire Arthur Smith. Oh, He's got to be right up there on the uh, The play calling is just horrendous. Horrendous. Why take that guy in the first round? And then just not decide you're not going to use him. It's not like he's not good, though. He's I proven know. that he's a, a great young back. Yeah. You don't even use him. No. 
Thanks, though. I mean, we'll take. I mean, <laughs> just knocks me out of taking a court. Get yep, ready, Kirk. You you're talk, back next year. You better get Kirk back next year because no. you're going to be in that midfield. How old is Josh Dobbs? I mean, he's the quarterback of the future. There right you go. Evidently, <laughs> he's he one is. and zero. He's I one mean, and zero. He just had a game-winning drive with three weeks worth of preparation or three days worth of preparation. I'll take Dobbs. But uh, how about last night? The Bengals make a statement. You know, yeah, I, I said this well. is the game they should win. It felt like they were going to win. They look like the best team in the AFC right now. I think so too. And is the Bills' windows closed? It's, it's it's rough, man. It's closed. It might be closed. It's closed. It might be closed. It's, it this is not, it, it was not a good performance. No, it, they haven't looked good over the past month. No, it's a team that looks like they're fading. Uh, I know Eagles, Cowboys. No, it strikes home for you. It's no, it's Cowboys it's, just didn't do the little things. It's typical Cowboys. You, you don't do the little things. Bad penalties when you get team. You can't get off the field because of penalties on defense, and then you catch a break. And you get the ball back, and you got like a minute to go, and the Eagles decide just to run over a guy. Then you get another pass, and they decide to drill. I mean, the Eagles let you back in that game, make a couple of plays with 27 seconds left. Now, I don't understand why Dallas, and this is McCarthy and time management, on the first drive where you got stopped on fourth down, you're huddling up. I know you got three timeouts, but you want to save as much time as you can. They're taking as long. So when they got the ball back, they should have had like two minutes left instead of like 80, 56 seconds. They didn't want to give the Eagles time and but, all that but stuff. You, but you're yeah. still down. Right. But then you've got the ball with 27 seconds left, first and goal at the six. Okay? Jump off and what time. do you do? False start. Then Dak holds on to the ball and takes a sack. False start. It's that's typical cowboy football. You can't do the little things. You're not disciplined enough to win a Super Bowl. They will not win a playoff game. McCarthy's teams are the most undisciplined. The Cowboys have been undisciplined. And until they decide to change that, you can't win those games against good teams. Yeah, Dak can't take a sack there. No, it's a you can't. If Dak the is- clock's running, you got no timeouts. One, you can't get a false start by your left guard. Yeah. When you got first and goal at the six, down by four. Putrid in the red zone late. It, it just it, And the Cowboys are talented enough to be the best team in the NFC. It's the worst coach that's team in football. It, that's what makes it more maddening, I, I would assume. It's the most Cowboys undisciplined fans. team in football, and it's undisciplined at the absolute worst times. we got to go lightning round. We only have a few seconds left. Chiefs beat the Dolphins. Dolphins hasn't beat a team with the winning record. They're kind of like the Vikings half. of last year. Yeah. No, the, the, uh, I'm off the Dolphins because you can't. You got to go out there and beat good teams. And they can't do it. They had opportunity late. They, they, they had a good second half. They just didn't get over the hump. The Ravens. I thought the game would be close. They smoked the Seahawks. That's the team that's playing really well. And you better watch out for in the AFC. The AFC's shaping up. There's going to be a, a, a decent playoff run. CJ Stroud. They might win that division. Uh, yeah, they. Well, you said 470 yards, five touchdowns. We started this year. I, I don't know if you had Texans win the division, but you had, had them, them up there. Yeah, you had them as a team to watch out for. CJ Stroud was unreal. CJ Stroud is looking the part, and D'Amico Ryan is doing a great job as the head coach. I'm a Texans. big D'Amico Ryan fan. CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are end up being like Peyton Manning and and the guy from Washington, Drew Bledsoe, uh, the guy from Washington State. I, I can't remember who went for it. With the quarterback that went after Peyton Manning in the draft, like Ryan Lee. Ryan Lee. Yeah. That, that, that's how this is going to end I'm up. I'm thinking Kentucky Wesleyan basketball. I'm already thinking the next transition. <laughs> wasn't thinking bust Ryan Leaf. I tell you, Kentucky Wesleyan tonight at Diddle WBO 7:30. We'll have a pregame at seven o'clock. We'll hear from Coach Cooper. Looking into this Western team, though, Vic, a lot of transfers. This a lot is, of new teams, new coaching staff, yeah, a lot of coach, transfers. Coach Lutz has brought in some of his guys. I would like to see Westland do what they – whether they win or lose, Just I want compete. to see them compete and play like they did 
and uh, and get ready for Friday and Saturday against Illinois Springfield and UND. So we got the Cats coming up right now. Mm-hmm. You know, at seven o'clock we'll have the pregame. We'll have Coach Cooper and preview this game from Diddle. Everybody have a happy Monday. We'll see you tomorrow live at five. You've been listening to Live at 5 on 1027 The Game. Special thanks to Foreman Watson-Holtry for sponsoring the preceding broadcast. FWHlegal.com. Tune in next time for Live at 5 on 1027 The Game.